It's Backdoor Cut! Back for another week. You're tuned into Backdoor Cut. My name is Josh DiMatteo, here with the biggest Bucks hater in the room, Matt Beatty. I, I disagree with that. Straight off that the bat. That was I'm not, I'm not a Bucks room. hater. Oh, well, yeah, I guess in the room. But, <laughs> well, then what am I taking but, back? <laughs> well, I'm not a, I don't even consider myself a Bucks hater. Like, there's aspe- I like the, the aspects of the Bucks that I've always been a Chris Middleton guy. <laughs> always been a Chris Middleton guy. That's true. You have been flying the Chris Middleton flag a lot longer than anyone. Andrew Bogut drafted to the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, like, number one, one. Very true, 2005. Anyway, that's Matt Beatty. <laughs> <laughs> and here with the biggest Suns hater in the room, Jake Eisenberg. As if Beatty's not a, a Bucks hater. This is the first <laughs> I, I'm hearing of it. I think I'm a Bud ha- hater. I'm not a massive Budenhoser guy. Like I just don't like that that guy. I He's walking it back. I love how to defend himself. It's like Andrew Bogut got drafted there like twenty <laughs> years ago. So, <laughs> did you guys see? Um, Buddenholzer asked. Apparently, he called up Greg Popovich, saying, "It's my first finals. I just see that. You got any tips for me?" And Pop replied with, "Figure it out for yourself." Yeah, good. Nice. Well, he's like, "Yeah, bro. Like, adjust once in your life." <laughs> yeah, fi- figure it out. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing the scouting report yeah, for you. The Spurs system can only get you so far. Ah, oh, fellas, we're back. Yeah, we're back. Uh, excellent episode the other day from Jake and Seamus from Celtics Every Day. Um, it was a pleasure to have him on the show. He was fantastic. We can't ha- wait to have him back, and we'll chat to him a bit more before the season. I think Jake's got a, a preview app planned with him mm. before next season. And Abadi's um, um, very keen to have another Celtics episode to listen to. <laughs> hey, I've, maybe I've got to jump on and, and you guys can talk about the dudes on the end of the bench that I've never even heard of. And I'll just, just shoot in the corner. What, what was it would his be name? good to balance us out. What was his name, Jake? Uh, the the new Celtics. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Madar. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was it. <laughs> I was telling Abadi I watched a good eight-minute um, highlight clip of Yeah, Madar. The, the Celtics Summer League team. Is looking uh, looking real good. I'm look, I'm looking forward to those odds coming out. Like, put, the, put the house on the Celtics. <laughs> on the Celtics summer league. Yeah, that's right. Um, but to kick off today, because we're on the precipice of the finals now, mm. um, we're gonna have a we're gonna before we get into all that, we're gonna have a look back at the conference finals because since our last episode together, it's all wrapped up. We know a bit more about the Clippers. We know a bit more about the Suns, about the Bucks, the Hawks. Oh, actually, we don't know too much about the Hawks. They got shafted by Trey Young getting injured. But we'll get into all that. Do you want to start off with the Hawks? No, we'll just give give a quick couple of quick flowers to old CP3 and game game six. 31 oh, yeah. point, very 31, nice. 31 point second half. Um, maybe the best game he's had of his career when you take into account the stage. Um, never making the finals. It's crazy that he's never made the finals after just being so good for so long. Um, I know. It, it, and considering like his playoff individual numbers are up there with like the all-time greats, it, it never made sense that he never got past that point. So, Well, I, I mean, he just 
I mean, and also another thing, right? Some of the teams that he's been on, some of those Clippers teams, those Rockets teams were really good teams. But I think it's just testament to just genuinely how hard it is to win an NBA championship. Like that more than anything, that's that's probably like he just happened to be around at the same time as LeBron and the Golden State Warriors. And, you know, know, it's just shitty timing, I suppose. You need a bit of luck. You need the timing and you need the skill. And he flashed it. All playoffs long, he's leading this Suns team, a young team, to the NBA Finals for the first time since 93, I think, the Phoenix Suns, Charles Barkley's Suns against Michael Jordan. That was the last time they made it this far. And you could see at the end of the at the end of the games, Monty Williams hugging him and oh, the emotion awesome. on his face. It was great. Like, I couldn't be happier for, for Chris Paul. Yeah, look, that was pretty awesome, that second half where... The, the Suns clearly were kind of on top of this. Uh, the Suns were clearly on top of the Clippers. Got it to 15. Chris Paul went out. The Clippers did. We'll talk about my, my Clippers in a second here, but they got the lead down to seven. Chris Paul comes back in and pretty much just scored every single point to close the game. Went for 41. It was a masterpiece. And now he's going to the finals and they're the favorite to win. Yeah, dude. And on that game, like I was so, so worried that these strong-willed clippies, as you yes. dubbed them, Jake, mm-hmm. I was worried in that when they cut the lead to seven, I thought they were going to keep going. I thought they were going to run away with it. And Chris Paul coming in just changed, halted all their momentum um, and completely changed the game, closed it out for the Suns. Beatty, any any words for CP3? My, my words, yeah. Well, yeah. Obviously, I'm stoked for CP3. <laughs> I'm I'm pulling for the Suns in the finals. Like I, I think this is for him to win a championship at this point in his career after everything he's achieved. I think he's he's certainly in that sort of conversation as as one of the best point guards of all time. Like it, it, a championship probably needs to happen for that to mm. sort of really for people to to legitimize that and take that seriously, but. You know, he, everything else, he ticks all the other boxes. The, I think we touched on it before we started recording, uh, Jake, where, like, he's 36, right? And, like, the only other guy in the league at that age still kind of doing it at that level is LeBron. So, mm-hmm. like, you can't sort of understate just how impressive this is from, from CP. It's, that's such a, it's such a good point because, like, how is he doing it? Because you kind of get LeBron being able to do it because he's – an alien cyborg who's never been injured before in his life, and he's yeah. but he's but he's six foot eight and a monster, and it kind of yes, makes sense yeah. he'd be able to survive. But Chris Paul's like six foot on a good day. Yeah, he's he's been the smallest guy on the court for nearly twenty years, and and I mean that's the convention as well. Like typically, the thinking is that a, a smaller point guard, once they get over the other other side of thirty, it, it starts to to go downhill, and it's he's managed to to somehow avoid that and he's aged like fine wine and he's he's still doing it he's he looks as good as ever i think you're right though Beatty. that that championship as much as i hate it he really does need that to kind of like solidify his long-term legacy because we can go around saying he was the point guard in 15 years when kids are watching and they've never seen him before but they'll just look at he never won a championship how good could he have possibly been and look at some of those some of that's fair. Like he has had some some moments where he has collapsed. Um, I think he, he's gonna he should go down as a top five at worst all time point guard probably. But yeah, 
they kind of they kind of need to win from both a Chris Paul and a Suns perspective. Like uh, they got a lot of good breaks here. We'll probably touch on those at some point. But like yeah. they and even again going into the finals, no Giannis for game one. They like this. They got to take advantage of what's of what's been laid in front of them. Hundred percent. And as you said, we're going to get into all that yeah. in a little bit. Um, but let's start with we'll start with the obituaries, the teams that have been bounced, and we'll start east with oh, the Atlanta we'll Hawks. East. All right, I was, I was getting ready to talk about my strong build clippies, but we can go east. We'll get that, there. That, we'll get there. That's, that's fine. Um, look, I'm not sure the Hawks were a f- completely a flash in the pan, but I kind of think that this is going to be a bit of an outlier for them in the next two to three years. I, uh, I, don't, I don't see them going to the conference finals next year or the year after. I like, I like this team. They've... they've they, they won 20 games the year before or whatever it was. And this was a, an awesome season for them. Trey Young has shown that he belongs in the upper tier. He like, I mean, the chance of him missing an all-star game again now is, is very unlikely, I think, now that he's kind of disproven the empty stats narrative. But the Knicks, that was the, they were the most fraudulent team of the bunch. The Sixers... I mean, they've been frauds for years, and then, and then they, and then they, and then they. they I actually think they, without, they were probably going to get steamrolled even with Trey. I thought, I thought that that series was over. It wasn't a. Wait, which one's that? The Sixers, the the, the, the Bucks. Oh no, oh, the no not that one, but the, but the Bucks, the, the Bucks. I don't know. Like, they, after game, after game I wouldn't two, call it a steamrolling. I mean, it wasn't in the end. It went to six. Game three, but when Giannis goes down in. Uh, game four, the whatever was it, game four, game four, yeah. And uh, I thought that Giannis had just getting rolling, and it was going to be like, okay, the Hawks just ran into a better team. That's what I. That's what was my take on it. I, but yeah, so it was a nice run, Hawks. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm, I'm uh, like you. I don't think next year they'll be in the conference finals again. That th- this was like a weird year of opportunity for almost everyone to strike while the iron's hot, while there's a bit of a gap, while other teams are underprepared. And they kind of did that in making it to the conference finals in the first place. However, I don't think that they're just going to die off either. There's, there's too much of a young nucleus here who have just won together, like not a championship, but they've proven they can get to a certain point if they play a certain way, play a, with enough intensity and this type of thing. I, I think, why, why can't the Hawks keep giving people problems? Why not? They've got heaps of flexibility. Their team can play in so many different ways. And Trey Young's a killer. Like, he's not going to stop being a killer next year. Brady? I, I'm, no, they're not frauds. <laughs> I, I definitely agree that, that it was a weird year and they were opportunistic in... in getting as far as they did, right? Obviously, there's a, a few other teams in the East that we probably had higher hopes for that that fell short. We, you know, I'm not, we don't need to get into the injuries and all that too much. But I, I think Atlanta, uh, Atlanta really proved that they're a legit team. They're a good team. They're not an also-ran team. I think in a perfect world where everyone is fit and healthy, the East is actually kind of good now. 
as much as I have bagged on the East in the past, you know, but, but it's never a perfect world, and this is the thing. And uh, but I think this year, more than anything, we've, we've we've seen more injuries than probably usual, and Atlanta have managed to to navigate that and avoid it for the most part, by bar Trey in this last series. Um, but yeah, I think Atlanta in general, their seasons, it's it's been a, a successful season. Considering the coaching change, considering the amount of roster turnover last free agency, and they made good moves. I think they've got good young talent on the team. Obviously, the question of, of what happens with John Collins is is an interesting one, and, and that's something mm. that I think will that's that's very significant. You can't sort of understate how you know if they if they sign him to big money, that could that could work out, or it might not. Who knows with that? Yeah. But, Aside from that, like a you know Trey, I think the biggest thing is yeah Trey is is a superstar, and that's something that I I questioned probably before this playoffs, and I think now you you can't ignore it. Yeah, absolutely, Jake. I don't think he is going to miss an All Stars game anytime soon. I think he's he's really now solidified himself in that sort of top level, particularly in the East as well. Like he's he's right up there. But um, yeah, I don't know in terms of what they need to do to, to get over that next step. Maybe that's that's a, a, another question. Yeah, look, and hand up, man. When he made the All-Star team as a starter, I was I actually kind of still think it, but I thought it was an absolute travesty. Like, they won, like, seven games, and he put up all these numbers. Um, but, yeah, I outside of Trey, I just don't see – like, Kevin Herter was amazing in that Philly series, and then he was – dog shit in the, the next series. Like he was three for 12 in game five and two for 10 in game six. Like if Cam Reddish doesn't go off in, I think he went with two games in a row as well. Yeah. And more so in game five six. And six. Yeah. And that is like the flukiest thing I've ever seen. Like I looked up his three point numbers. I was like, just to double check he shot. Yes. He missed most of the season, but he was like 26% from three this year and 33% the year before he just came in and, Chucked a bunch of threes and they went in. Like, if that doesn't happen, they lose by 20 two games in a row. We've talked about it on the pod before, though. And while, yes, like, Kevin Herter was important against Philly and then he didn't really pan out the same way against the Bucks. the Hawks have so many Kevin Herters. And when, when, I, when I say that, I mean, like, if not Kevin Herter, then... Try Bogey. If not Bogey, then Gallinari. If not Gallinari, Lou Williams, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish. Like, the, there's such a pool there that it's like it almost doesn't matter as long as Trey's on, which he will be because it's not often that he's not on. And they've got a big man which is running to the rim and pulling down yeah, the rebounds. It, it just screams to me of a, of maximum second round unless they yeah. some, one of these guys turns into something at a high level. I, I actually, I love Red um, Herder. Um, but, you know, Red Velvet kind of got left out in cool the sun down. or something. I don't yeah, know yeah. What, what happened there. Well, on Beatty's point, though, John Collins is a huge decision this coming offseason. What do you guys think about John Collins? I don't Because well, earlier in the season, I wanted the Celtics to, like, give up a, maybe a lot to get him. <laughs> and I kind of feel the opposite now. I'm thinking... Okay, this is assuming like I'm in control of the Sun, uh, the Suns, the Hawks, and you know this is my vision for the team. Maybe not everyone's, but I actually think the Hawks hit such a level of success 
so early in their timeline that they can afford a half step back to make a few more forward. I reckon they let Collins go because it's a big commitment and there's no get. he's still not a great defender or anything like that. They got to the finals with him, you know. What's how what's how bad could it be if they let him go? So you don't love him either. I don't I, I like him. I think he's a cool player, but we're up to the last couple of teams left in the NBA now, and if you're getting to this stage and you want to win right to the end, like look at the Suns. You look at their team and they don't have many players that play heavy minutes that are absolutely exploitable. And he's absolutely exploitable, in my opinion. Yeah, Beatty, what do you what do you think about John Collins? I, I I'm not super high on him, but I, I I definitely if I'm Atlanta, I I make every endeavor to try and keep him. I don't yeah. want to over I don't want to overpay him, and I think more more importantly, you want to try and get him at a at a reasonable number. And you know, if it doesn't work out in eighteen months' time, twenty four months' time, you can trade him. Like that's yeah. I, I would to- I, I I would be I wouldn't let him walk though. There's no yeah. like if if another team comes out and offers him ridiculous silly money, and I have the right to match it. If I've got he's yeah. Atlanta's yeah. got his bird rights, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's a restricted I, free agent. I, I probably am not going to do that. But aside from that one scenario, yeah, I of course I I, I would try and. I would put something on the table for sure. I, I say this assuming that a team will offer him big money. Well, I, there's it always there's always gonna be someone that does something, but you know, like you don't want to be the king, so you just let Bogdanovich walk, and you get nothing, right? Yeah, like you got to at least do a sign and trade or something. I just I just don't know what his one thing that he does amazingly. Like I thought this, besides being super athletic, I think I that's that, his thing. Which which like which is. But it's the NBA, right? Like, I mean, there's a lot of those guys. And like, um, like the other yeah. one, right? Okongwu's been he's been he kind of okay he in the playoffs, likes. right? Mm. So yeah. if you're Atlanta, knowing that you've got this guy wrapped up yeah. on on a rookie deal for the next few years, like you kind of have that little fallback that, hey, if yeah, if if Sacramento come in and offer silly money, well, see you later, John, and, <laughs> and we'll 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 go with this direction instead. That'd be peak Sacramento to like try and get revenge on them getting bogey and then o- overpay on John Collins, and then he just sits there next to Marvin Bagley for the next couple of years. That would be that would be peak peak but Kings. That's the, I, that's that's what I'm leaning towards. I see Collins as a nice to have, but not a need to have. And if he's going to cost max money, you have to second guess. I, I I do think that there is some value in the continuity of this team and the fact that. Mm. Josh rattled off a bunch of names just then and a lot of those guys are young dudes who have all been drafted within the same sort of two or three years obviously have come up together on this squad have been bad and then now have been good and it's sort of there would be good vibes in Atlanta right now and and you know, it's not worth overpaying John Collins but at the same time I I definitely think that there would be a desire to keep him. Yeah, I think you want to keep the band together as much as possible but you don't want to do anything that's going to be like handicapping your flexibility for yes. the next couple of years. Yeah. Just like, um, yeah. yeah. Cause who knows next year, which of the, one of them, whether it's reddish or Hunter is going to take a leap. I think. Yeah. And like, what if they need to get paid? You can't be locking oh, down one everyone. Them, mate, six foot eight wings that can defend and do stuff on offense. Uh, yeah. They're going to get paid. Like, I mean, I, I'm super interested to see what happens to Mikhail Bridges. Like, is he going to get a hundred million? You've got to think someone's going to throw big money at him. Why would you not give, like, he's, it's a lot of money for for him. 
But yeah. I don't know. Sorry. No. I guess for the Hawks and the outlook next year, like I, I'm optimistic. I, I mean, I didn't think that they would be a five seed this year, right? Mm. I, I don't think anyone, no one had the Knicks as a four. So, so obviously, yes, this year was, was weird. But I, I do She's think that if, if we're doing it all off paper, I do think that the, the Hawks are in the playoffs and, and yeah. it's whether, oh, or not, sure. whether or not that they can, you know, I, I don't know. Some of the other teams that we've had in the mix, like I think Miami is, is kind of, it'll be interesting what happens there, mm. like whether mm. or not they, they need to do a little bit more than just run it back. They might have to make some more significant changes. Obviously, your Celtics, you have aspirations for them uh, next mate, year. Don't worry about us. We'll be, we're we're going to be... No, but that's, that's what I mean. Yeah, they, they were oh, a yeah, seven yeah. seed this year. So, like, Great. obviously, you would hope that they would be a bit higher next year if everyone's yes. fit and healthy and, and the vibes. My Bulls. Uh, what about them? I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> what about them? They're, they're a basketball team in the ACC <laughs> yeah. conference. Yes. Yeah. 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 Michael Jordan used to play for them. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, yeah, I, to, I, I'm echoing the sentiment that, yeah, yeah. I think it was a – I'm not going to say a lucky year because you know you, you can only play what's in front of you. But yeah, sure. They they stayed healthy and the vibes were good. And and McMillan, see, they've it seems like they've they've re-signed McMillan now full time, so he's going to stay on. And um, yeah, it's it's good vibes in Atlanta. Here's good vibes in Atlanta, and that and that place is was rocking, which was fun for everyone. Well, we can only know what's going to happen next year. Next year now because. Their season's over. Everyone's getting some rest. They're going to have to make a big decision on Collins. Team might look different next year. There is absolutely a trade in them somewhere. We'll just see if all this comes to pass. But in the meantime, let's let's talk these strong-willed clippies, hey? That was a really good transition, Josh. I feel like you wrapped all of that up really nicely. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. That was good. <laughs> um, mate. The strong-willed Clippies. I'm on loan on this island on this podcast. How can you not believe at least that these Clippers have a backbone, have heart, have grit, have have a strong will? They have. At this they point, have, they have back against the wall instincts. Is what they've got. What do you mean? But That's they, what they, it means. They didn't do nothing until their back was against the wall. They got to the they conference. Went, they got to the conference finals, game six. Because they had their backs against the wall in every what? series preceding that. Oh, that is that's this is makes this is a fallacy. My point. My point is, I feel a strong-willed team doesn't play with their food. They just beat that team. But the Clippers don't do that. You have to you have to fight them for a bit, and then they wake up, and then Paul George is like, right, I'm going to dunk it a bit. And then uh, miss two free throws in a row at the end of the game. Okay, I can't, I can't argue with that. And I was going to ask. I was going to argue. I was going to ask the Paul George question at some point. But, but like, I get what you're saying. But you know, they yes, they shouldn't have gone down two zero to the Mavericks. That was that was a whoopsie. But you know, the next two series, they are the, the lowest seed to go down zero two to both of those teams makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's not crazy. Yeah. I, but, like, they were down big in games, especially game six against the Jazz, to come back from 20-plus yeah. game, 20-plus down. Um, these guys didn't quit. Didn't quit. Um, and no matter how hard Paul George tried in a few of these games to, <laughs> to quit, <laughs> Terrence Mann and the boys wouldn't let him. Reggie Terrence Jackson. Mann, Reggie, yeah. Put some Reggie. respect on his name. Talk about someone who's going to fucking get overpaid. How's that? This this guy signs a big contract, sucks the whole time, 
Last six months of that contract, balls out for the Clippers in the playoffs, and now he's going to get another big contract. Damn right. He plays the game smart. Beatty, don't you can't tell me that these Clippers with Kawhi now they've got the the soul and the vibes. Is, That's is very Ka- true. Yeah, but is Kawhi is Kawhi a contributor contributor to the strong will Clippers or yeah, is he point. like mate? This could be the, the, it's addition by subtraction. This is a guy who sat for a year on the Spurs because he he didn't want to play anymore. Like, I I know I know your point, and I think you can, <laughs> if you compare it to the the only other really relevant Clippers team in the history of the Clippers, which is that Lob City team, right? Obviously, yes, this team is has got more of a backbone. It's more strong willed. It's it's it's. I can't even believe that we're, we're saying this with a team with Paul George on it. But like, yeah, you know, I think Paul George individually has redeemed a little bit of his re- mm. reputation. You know, it's it's not quite what it was. It's not, you know, pandemic P, playoff P jokes, you know, as it used to be. Um, I, I've sung the praises of Ty Lue, all these playoffs. I, I, I'm a big fan of him. I think he's really sort of proved himself as an NBA coach now away from LeBron and, and that situation. Yeah, I'm a convert. Um, Good on you, Ty Lue. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. There's a yeah. There's a lot to like about them. I I don't know. For me, I think it's just a very. I just I'm not a massive Clippers guy. Like it's 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 there's, it's. I can't really like. Uh, I don't know. I can't really word it. In any, I think it's still remnants of that Lob City era. I didn't really like those guys that much. <laughs> I think I can word it. I think I know why I'm just so. Whether it's feeble, strong-willed, whatever, just indifferent to this Clippers team, and it's Microsoft. <sighs> I get Steve Ballmer, you know, I get you know. Microsoft vibes from the whole organization, top to bottom. Not Microsoft itself as a company, just like bland. Hey, man, corporation. You, it's just there's no heart in it. Your 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 Microsoft computer is the one that's working and allowing us to <laughs> record this goddamn podcast today. So they've, it, it's it might not be flashy, but it's sturdy. Yeah, it works, <laughs> and it, it'll fight to the end. Yeah, all right, uh, I'll give le- you that. Legit, I like Pat Bev. Probably okay. full stop is enough for me to be like you are a clown and I yeah. don't like you. And that like it, like if we want to talk about strong willed, like. You know what he did in in what was that game five, game uh, six, yeah, like yeah. game six, like close come out, yeah. man. it's it's done, bro. You don't that's, that that's yeah. what a fucking loser. Well, obviously, that's just one guy, and it's you know it shouldn't tarnish the whole team and all that. But like, yeah, I thought I, Pat, yeah, I thought Pat Bev like really re- rejuvenated his reputation. I thought that he was yeah. kind of washed, and he he was really good. Like he he gave Devin Booker all kinds of trouble, yep. and. Like in that elimination game, it was like Pat Bev keeping them in the game, and I was like, "This is probably a bad sign if you're the Clippers that Pat Bev is the reason that you're you're still in the game." And then, man, Chris Paul, Pat Bev, Kyle Lowry, Marcus Smart, these guys just get under the skin of everyone. But Pat Bev, I don't know. I, I, he he went over the line. I didn't, oh, it absolutely! Was, yeah. It was it was shitty. I think I think. He has gone over the line a few times, but this was was just like game, the game's over, dude. Yeah. Game's over. What a fucking sore loser. He's got a suspension for the beginning of next season. Good. Um, ben Ben Boogie over there being like, "This is why nobody fucks with you." To Chris Paul, but hey, man. I, I said it in our group chat. Well, even I like said that. it in, in our group chat on Boogie. 
old mate played five minutes, scored ten points, and was minus seven. How does that experience. happen? That's that's boogie in a microcosm. Yeah. All I could think about watching this series too, especially late in games when Clippers were coming back, was why the hell did they trade Lou Williams? Like, he could have definitely pulled out some crazy play late in a game when they needed it, and they just needed a point, you know? Well, playoff Rondo really didn't do anything. Yeah, they picked the wrong guy. Maybe. I don't know if Lou Will really changes the fate of this team that much. No, but uh, like he won a game for the Hawks when Trey Young was out. No one thought that was going to happen. Yes, yeah, yeah, I guess. But like Giannis got injured in that game. Like I think that was that was just. I honestly think that that was lucky as well. Um, okay, what? Okay, now we're here. How do we feel about Paul George? But you touched on it on the on the the spectrum of playoff P on one end and the pandemic P on the other end. Where are we? Now, I've pulled a couple of, you know, I'm a stats guy, you know, deep dives. Yeah. But uh, so you end up averaging 27, 9.6 rebounds, five and a half assists, which are pretty nice counting stats. In the playoffs. In the playoffs. Yeah. In the playoffs. Um, but the splits are not great. 44% from the field and 34% from from three. And I then I pulled together like a bunch of the games where he was pandemic P he, these all happened in the playoffs. Mavs, 6 for 15, 5 for 15. Game 1 of the Jazz, 4 for 17. Game 6, even though he was excellent in that Jazz series, 10 for 24. Suns versus Clips, 9 for 26, 5 for 20, 6 for 15. He still, It was still all over the shot. It was mm. 41 points. Paul George staves off elimination. And the next game, it's just like, it's just, or it's, it's missing the two free throws in the clutch. It's just... I found I Paul know, George. Man. I found Paul George to be, uh, what's the word? Less. Uh, he didn't shy away from the moment as much when he was playing without Kawhi. When it was all down to him, and he was the best player on the team, and he just had role players and dogs helping him get the job done. Then it felt like paces Paul George a little bit more again. But once he's got these other superstars with him, whether it's Kawhi or Westbrook on the Thunder or whatever it is, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm a superstar too, you know? Like <laughs> he just he gets cocky and doesn't fight anymore. He just lets his head drop. I don't know what's the psychology in it, if there even is psychology in it, but I think the games he's played without another superstar, he looks better. Yeah. I mean, he did, but he still also had some shockers. Maybe, maybe shocker in shooting, but like rather than backing off or to sitting back and maybe lofting another three, he'll attack the rim this time. You it know? was better. Like, yeah. It was definitely better, and he was doing more of the other stuff. Beatty, what are we doing? I, I mean, on the spectrum, he's definitely redeemed a fair bit yeah. for me. And I don't like, it's hard to, like, I, I think I always look at these things in comparison to other guys in the league and that's probably the wrong way to do it because Paul George is Paul George and let's just compare him to himself and what he's done in the past. But like, I think there's other guys in the league right now who have got bigger issues to try and sort out in their playoff performances and, and whatnot than Paul George. I think Paul George put in a, a reasonable account of himself. Like, 
shooting splits and all that sort of stuff. That that I don't know. I think that kind of happens to an extent in the playoffs. It yeah. happens. Like I mean, it happens. Yeah, we saw Trey Young have a couple of really like bad shooting games, but but still had an impact. So it's not kind of the the be all end all. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you can hate on. Paul George or the Clippers too much in general for for their run in this playoffs. Like I think that they did really well. I mean, they the expectation for a couple of years now has been really high for this team, and and obviously you know they haven't won a ring or made the finals, but they've been they've been pretty good in this playoffs, and I think they just ran into a better team. Like there's no shame in losing to a better team. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I I feel I feel the same. I just wanted to kind of put that out there. Just like it felt it felt like. It was it became it just became the the Paul George oh, like yeah. every moment everybody wants to like write his whole career over yeah. and over again, but I think that he he definitely got himself back to at least like quality reliable star in the playoffs. He got himself to a part. point where I won't call him feeble anymore. I'll just call him Paul George. Mate, sounds like you're on board with this strong world Clippies bandwagon. I, I didn't say that. I said I won't call him feeble. <laughs> I, I mean, true. the outlook <laughs> going forward is it's a tricky one. Like, I, I mean, we're assuming that Kawhi comes back, right? Oh, well. Who fucking knows? We can dude? only assume. Yeah, How can like we assume it's... anything with this guy? No one knows even what's wrong with his knee, if he even hurt himself. <laughs> I like, like, some yeah, people theorizing that he just tore his ACL and doesn't want to tell anyone because he's up for another contract. Would you? How could you? How could, you can't rule anything out with Kawhi. Yeah, he does keep a tight knit circle. Because no one knows anything. Where's Uncle Dennis? I can't wait for him to make a return this, this off season. But like, no idea. But I, I like. I think you know, Kawhi aside, they've kind of got the foundations for for a good yeah. team going forward. So I think LA will always be an attractive place for free agents, and if if they can you know capitalize on that, then yeah, they'll 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 be sweet again next year. Yeah, look, even look if Kawhi leaves, their their chance of winning a championship, I would say, probably goes out the window. But yeah. as far as likability, fun vibes go. Maybe, you know, Paul George in this role where he's doing his thing and he has these these hard-nosed Terrence Mann kind of guys surrounding him and and that's a fun – that's a playoff team and, and we get we get Paul George and maybe that's that's the route that ends up happening. And I think that's still fun for LA. He, he's, and he signed the five-year deal, right? Like he's committed to these guys. So, but yeah, yeah, but I have no Re- idea what Kawhi's doing. Reddish and John Collins sign and trade for Kawhi. Well, that was my when <laughs> when we were switching from Atlanta to uh, to the Clippers. It was sort of like, wouldn't it? Yeah, it might not even be a, like what Whoa. if the dude just opted out and just signed with Atlanta yeah. with the cap yeah, space. Could. That, like, <laughs> could you say like that? There's your superstar. I yeah, mean, he I likes like the, he likes the strip clubs in Atlanta. Who doesn't? Yeah, like, yeah, far out. I mean. Wow. Anyway, let's not speculate too hard. No, you, let, you, let's... you've broken my brain a little bit. Because <laughs> if, if he's going to leave, yeah. What about this one then, right? Like uh, we talked about it in the East with Atlanta and injuries and all this. Like, do you think that, I mean, what what were the Clippers in the regular season? Like a two seed? Mm. No, no, sorry, four well, they, seed. They dropped down off. That was because that was they tanked. Well, yeah, to avoid the, the Suns. Yeah. And the, yeah, well. They were I, really good. Like, 
like how do you yeah they they were really good but like it's sort of obviously the playoffs what they had um who do they have in round one Mavs well yeah that was a tough series that was a tough series but like I, I think Utah were they were bad they they didn't play up to their expectations <laughs> like, Don Don was hurt. And oh, I, here we buddy, nah, I don't think Don was Don wasn't Don was okay. The, Utah fucked up though. Like that's that's more on them. I, even like Dallas to like Dallas could have won that series easily. Like I, I, I you know, that's yep. obviously it's all on Luca, but like still they that's how good that Luca is. Like and then, you know, the obviously LeBron and A D and the Lakers weren't even a factor. They didn't have to run into them at any point. This is a, another one of these weird series where it's kind of like hyped up before a ball's bounced like two years ago, oh, LA's got AD and LeBron and now the Clippers have got Kawhi and PG. Let's just fast forward to the Western Conference LA finals and like we haven't (laughs) had it after two years now. So like, I don't know. We might never. Well, yeah, yeah. exactly. We might never. But like, I I, I don't know. The the more that I'm thinking about it at my own point, I'm kind of like walking back a little bit. But like, did they, what was, (laughs) at what extent did they, take advantage of, I guess, uh, a weakened field. I think this is still a success. Dude, one of the first yeah. conference finals in 50 years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the I went to a Clippers game uh, in the 2019-20 series, which feels like 10 years ago now. But like it was literally one season ago. And that crowd, like I went to a Lakers game the night before and a Spur- and then a Clippers game, we played the Spurs. And the difference in the atmosphere and the vibe was just incomparable. But the, this this Clippers team brought out passion. You could tell it from the from by watching the games and the crowd and how the players were interacting with the crowds. I think that they they've inspired a, at least something. There's something here. Yeah, there's something here. I don't know what it, what it turns into, but there's something here. They just need another move. They need something. Rush, shake the boat a little bit. We'll see. I'm never going to win the title, but like if they're just good, it's it's the Clippers. They're never going to win a title. Come on. They, they, uh, my point is they they could they could come back next year and do the same thing. You know, like <laughs> I feel like that's that, the that, goal. That, that is the goal, isn't it? Like <laughs> we're trying to win a title. Yeah, but come on. I, I feel like that was that was like a very baity thing to say. Fucking the Clippers never win a title. <laughs> Why? Well, like they're probably, I, they're probably not. I, I do. I think if and again, this is becomes more and more like you got to preface everything like if they're healthy man why not if if you've yeah, got Kawhi and pg and then this supporting cast but this is the thing right there's everyone's not healthy we've probably got the two healthiest teams in the finals now so yeah, well, and one of them's best player bent his knee the wrong way around yeah let's 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 yeah. talk about that let's yeah, move to this which... let's move to this finals matchup bucks versus Suns. Never in my wildest <laughs> dreams would I have predicted going into this season that I would be saying that today. But it's Bucks versus Suns. And yeah, Bucks yeah. are down probably Giannis for at least the first game. Yeah, he's out. He's, he's doubtful for game one. Um, yeah, this is kind of why we, we put this segment at the end because it's hard to pre- kind of talk about the series if Giannis isn't playing. Because if he's not playing then the Suns win the series in five or six. Like, it's not really, not although, really a conversation. Although, his uh, two supporting mates there, Drew and Chris, have both played really, really well without him. They have. But the Hawks, and back to my only point, that their their defense is pretty average. Yeah. And it got exposed by the Bucks until Giannis, and even without, obviously without Giannis, because Drew and Middleton went crazy as well. Um, 
yeah, with without Giannis, I just I don't I don't see it, man. Look, but if Giannis plays from game two onwards, and is like, and he's Giannis, I'm give me the Bucks, man. Like, give me, give me, give me the Bucks. I know I've been back in the Bucks all playoffs. They definitely weren't the better team in round two, but they're in the finals. Giannis, Drew Holiday had a. I don't know. He turned into Drew Bledsoe for the entire second round. <laughs> He's back. Yeah. I think that he can exploit the matchup with Chris Paul. I can't, you know, I think that he has like the skill set where he can take advantage of Chris Paul on the other end. I mean, offensively, I don't think Chris Paul can be stopped. But Drew Holiday, I mean, he's got a, a six-game warm-up with Trey Young. He should be ready to go for, for Chris Paul. And, and Middleton... He, he he was he was excellent. He, he still doesn't feel consistent enough to me over these playoffs. I think but... he's just no, he's just doesn't have the charisma because like the guy plays great all the time. He's a bit of a goblin. He just never, uh, he never gets the love. I don't think it's. I just think that it's. He's definitely like a second slash third guy on a championship. Yeah. He's he's firmly in that area, and to ask anything more of him is asking too much. But he yeah. can do more. Like that's I'm not saying he no, should. No, I don't think he can. But I think this is this is as much as he can do. Yeah. What he's doing right now. When <laughs> when you put him in that like second third role though, like even that game, um, I saw Giannis talking about it. There was this play mm. where Giannis was running the ball down the middle, and Drew was on the right hand side, and Chris was on the left hand side, and it was when he hit that like dribble step back yeah. three. Well, he, thing, yeah, and yeah, the twenty said, point quarter. Yeah. yeah, Giannis was saying, I, Chris is a quiet guy. You don't hear too many. And he's screaming out there for the ball. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. And he's like putting these moves on. He can do that. He just I, he just doesn't seem like the cold-blooded killer type to no, he, need he, to do yeah. that. At his at his best, he can he put up two 20-plus point quarters in this series. Yeah. Like he, he has he's that. He's as good, as good a third option as you'll find. Yeah, I just think him and Drew are like – two slash three options, and when yeah. you combine them, they're an amazing two-three yeah. team. It's fantastic support for Giannis. If, if only they were maximizing Giannis. Well, that's another, yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, half, to what extent is that, you know, coaching, max scheme, maximizing Giannis or limitations of Giannis offensively? Like, that's that's the other thing. So, I mean, it, it, if Giannis is not playing, it doesn't matter. But it it, it 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 it'll be it'll be. I, I mean, we kind of know what Milwaukee is, and it's just whether or not one their best player can get healthy and get on the court in this series, and then you know what the Suns can do to try and counteract that. Because Giannis is one of these few guys in the league where it, it kind of just seems almost unguardable, and then it's just like, well, what else can you do? Whether it's you try and foul him and you get in his head, or 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 what you know you. He goes through these weird spurts where he'll settle for three pointers, and it's just like, dude, you're, do you, have you looked in the mirror? Do you know how big you are? Like, don't not do so that. much since like game five of the yeah, season, yeah, so. not, yeah. He changed his attitude a little bit, and all of a sudden yeah. he was eating inside. So yeah. it's like it's well, really weird that yeah, like if if this dude just had a summer with like Hakeem and just worked on post oh. moves, like oh my god, I'll have the bucks. Give me the bucks right now on sports bet. Like, that's, <laughs> like that's. Let me ask you this then: Is Giannis a center? I've been thinking this the whole time. I'm like, he needs to just embrace that he's the 2021 Shaq. They're like half doing it. But the, the, the thing is, Brooke Lopez has actually been really good. 
Yeah, no, but, I'm not saying that you can't have both, but I'm saying is Giannis a center? Well, Should that no, be I think that's not because offensively he no. doesn't have the skill set yet. No, that's that's no. the biggest factor. True. Yeah, but he, they, I think they need to. They, whatever they do going forward, I, that's I think that their best option is like leaning into him as a five or a, a power forward or whatever because. You, you see how good Drew and Middleton have played in the last couple of games. And if you, like, put Giannis at the five role, I still think that he puts up 30 and 10 from that Easy. spot anyway. And then you just ha- play him more in that traditional kind of way. And so Drew and, and Middleton can do what they've been doing the last couple of games. I, I think it's perfect because it, it means that he gets out of their way and they can move and do this cool shit that they've been doing without him because basically Brooks been sitting there under the, under low block and he's been the five. And when he's out of their way, they're able to do this kind of stuff. It's when there's Brooke out there, there's Giannis out there and Giannis is hanging back and it's just, it gets clogged. It's, and sure Bud's really good at scheming in the regular season to, you know, make it work anyway. But in, in a, in the finals, seven-game series against the Suns, would you not want Giannis just trying to monster Aiton down low and well, hope see, everyone else can pick it up? That's the thing, right? I don't think that he can do that because I think that Aiton is a – if I'm yeah, a man. Suns fan, Aiton is a good ma- – like this is not Capella and John Collins. This is this is a different th- – this is a different beast, this Phoenix team. So it's mm. it's it's sort of – yeah, it's – I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting, like – yeah, I do think I was even saying all that stuff about Giannis at the five. I think that is maybe what makes can make him so great because, like in this matchup, you probably don't want him trying to bang down low with Aiton because Aiton no. can can hang with him. So, but Giannis can play on the perimeter and attack from there as well, and that's where he's going to have the advantages going at Aiton and Crowder. Yes, yeah, I think in this, it's definitely you kind of want that that full court transition Giannis more than, than anything else because that's oh, yeah. how the Suns kind of play, obviously. So uh, the Bucks can match that at their best, mm-hmm. absolutely. Like we've talked about the backcourt. Um, ab- yeah, definitely. That's kind of what you would you, you hope to, to lean into if, if you're a Bucks fan. They are bloody evenly matched. Like oh, even, yeah. even the individual matchups along the court, like it's, it's really hard to pick this one. Look, the the Suns definitely have been prettier, I would say, yeah. throughout the playoffs. The Bucks, man, they have white knuckled this thing to yeah. fucking get here. Outside of um, was it game game two against the Hawks, like there wasn't really there was no other blowouts. I don't think. I mean, the game, Nets blew them out. Well, I know, I know Nets blew them out, which is ugly from, from a Bucks perspective. At no point has it really. I I felt after game two of the the Hawks series, I was like, okay, healthy Bucks. That's a legit finals team. And so, I, but yeah, you, you run up and down the roster. It's like, these two teams are tough as shit. Like, Milwaukee is going to make you win these games. Like, yes, their offense is going to stall out at times, but you've got hard-nosed defenders up and down the roster. You know who's come alive as well? Not like doing anything amazing, but Pat Connaughton, Stepping up and doing like offensive rebounding stuff and just like the odd big shot here and there, even crazy the eyes Portis. Dude, Portis was a fucking yeah. revelation in this series. Yeah, I was talking shit. Maybe I got to stop doing that. No, he's good, man. 
for what he but is. I, like he's good, but I again, like I think this is it's the, that was the Hawks, and I, I don't know yeah. how much this yes. guy sees the floor against. Oh, well, maybe with again without Giannis, he, he might have to, but I, I don't know whether he's going to have the same success against his son's team, and uh, like uh, it's. You're, yeah, the the matchup is is really interesting. I think that they're pretty even. I, I don't know where you kind of get an edge. Like, a, like I'm pretty high on Booker, and I, I it'll be interesting to see the sort of defensive assignments sort of thrown at him, and and how much they choose to double, whether it's Booker or CP. That's mm-hmm. another sort of interesting wrinkle. I think PJ Tucker as well has been quietly a very good pickup for Milwaukee like yeah, he's just absolutely he's seamlessly fit in there he doesn't look out of place sitting in that corner just hitting threes when when he gets the ball and he plays great defense so it's they've kind of all got their little guys like you mentioned earlier Crowder the Crowder is just a this guy just finds himself in the finals all the time now this guy that's yeah that's what he does Crowder and, and PJ Tucker is like the Spider-Man meme looking at each other just like yeah, two pointing at, yeah. hard, hard ass motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> these, these thick, strong dudes. Yeah. Just, yeah. <sighs> yeah. I have a, I have another question. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that this series is going to be maybe not decided. It's going to be decided by the superstars, but role players mm-hmm. and individual role players having a big night could really swing this whole series one way or another. And I'm very curious, the Suns midway through the season picked up Torrey Craig from the Bucks. And I know. I'm, I'm very curious what kind of role he's going to have. Dude, there's if, revenge all over this matchup. I did, yeah. I'm pretty sure Crowder uh, used to play for the Bucks as well, right? Uh, like early? Can't confirm. Ooh. Can't confirm. Am I, but um, am I making that up? He's got a lot Shit. of jerseys, that dude. Yeah. He does have a yeah, lot yeah. of jerseys. He's in the, he's in the Jeff Green conversation almost yeah, yeah. more more finals appearances um, but i think i think because of tory craig's trade he gets a championship medal regardless yeah I, I think i saw that as well yeah i mean craig's been he's been really good for for the suns this year the little rollers yeah. off the bench cameron payne's been really good so like they're they're sort of supporting cam johnson support, yeah cam johnson like it's, oh. they, i don't think I, it'll be interesting to see how i guess how deep these benches run. And obviously, again, injuries will play a part. You know, is Booker's nose sweet? Is that guy fully back to 100%? He said, he said he's not, I don't know if it's 100%, but he said, I'm not wearing the, he's not wearing the mask, mask at all. Yeah. Interesting. Um, no, the, the Suns are, are definitely deeper. There's, there's no doubt about it. Like, you, you trust Cam Johnson, Campaign, and yeah. Torrey Craig off the bench at this point. I and did up even, until even now. Yeah. Oh yeah, Sarich is great. He he's actually really really good. I'm um, like, how many times do you get nine deep in the fucking finals? Like that's it's true. But the these these rotations will shrink even if they these will, guys yeah. have have played great oh. up until now. Like Monty's going to be given his main guys as many minutes as they can play. Yeah, but they I, I have noticed. I mean, it's probably historically, but like the games one and two, the benches go a bit deeper, mm. and as you get further into the series. Tightens up, tightens up, yeah. tightens up, and then KD t- Kevin Durant, yeah, 53 <laughs> fucking minutes, yeah. yeah. Two games in a row, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, unreal. Um, okay, then, what's if you had to give a prediction right now, what are you saying, Jake? Yeah, we'll do, we'll do winner games finals MVP. Okay. Uh, I got, I'm going to do it. I'm sticking with it. I'm trusting the Giannis are going to be back in game two. 
Bucks in seven. Going into the valley. Bucks in seven. And I will say, the Suns have made me a rich man. I, I, they've, and, and if they win the finals, they'll make me a richer man. But now we've gotten here, give me the Bucks in seven. Assuming if Giannis doesn't play till game three or whatever, then whatever. But Bucks in seven and give me Middleton. As far nice. As the Iguodala pick. Yeah, I can no, see it. No, it's not even the Iguodala. Middleton can score the ball, man. Like, come yeah, on. Iguodala dude. scored 20 points a game that series. People forget that. Did he really? I, was yeah. saying, I forgot that. How and many he defended LeBron, LeBron? Score, Like 40? Yeah, but oh, maybe so, much. but like... Mate, you could have anyway. put Superman on LeBron in that series. Anyway, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, 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 I don't really see, like, I mean, again, it'll depend on how many games he misses, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, like I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, do you give it to Giannis? If, say if he has a big four games in this series, but he yeah. only, but it goes to seven, like, how does that work? Yeah, I, I think if, if Giannis is decisive, they'll give it to him. Even if it is in less time, I—I right. I mean, I—I'm—I'm Suns. I'm Suns. I'm, I'm not Suns in four. I think I'm—I'm I'm probably going seven as well. I think it'll—it'll it'll go the distance. I—I I, I, in terms of Finals MVP, I—I—I want to say Devin Booker. I think Booker's going to be the guy. I, it, there's probably a, a sort of fairy tale aspect with CP, but I—I I, I do agree that. Drew Holiday kind of has the the chops to really, hopefully, keep CP as quiet as you possibly can keep CP. Where you know, I think Booker, there's a sort of potential there for him to try and and I guess be that outlet for the Suns if if the other guys don't have it going. Um. So yeah, I, I, Suns in seven and and Booker MVP. We would. He's trying to steal my guy Tatum's young Kobe title. I, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. Get out of here. I am also going to go Suns in seven because I think it's going to be a war up until that point. But yeah. I'm going to go with Aiton as finals MVP. Ooh, that's actually probably a juicy little pick there. My theory here is that if Drew does his darndest to contain Chris Paul as much as humanly possible, Chris Paul is going to be looking directly to his big man Aiden to pick up the slack. And he can do it. He's been doing it all playoffs, so why not? The, yeah, the interesting wrinkle there, like, is what what sort of defensive matchups we end up seeing, and how 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 long Aiton can stay on the floor, how long Brook Lopez can stay on the floor. We kind of touched on it, you know. Does Giannis spend time at five? What you know? Well, again, if he can get on the on the court, like, but yeah, absolutely. Like, there's no reason why Aiton can't can't feature heavily in this series, right? Why not? Why not? Why not? He's been doing it. Brooke Lopez, man. He's made a resurgence. Yeah. 33-point game, man. Like, mate, give, Dude. Me, give me Brooke Lopez. Final he's, been, he's been fucking good. <laughs> yeah, he I is had, good. Ever since he was, he had 17 points in the game seven against the Nets, and then ever since then, he's been on fire. Brooke Lopez yeah. has always been good. That guy's never got his due. Dude, I think, I mean, I also had forgotten, but I think, what, like 80% of the Nets fans didn't know that he was their franchise-leading scorer, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's, like, coming back expecting, like, a, a, yeah, like a, big wave. a, they a tribute video. Them. They're like, who are you, bro? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, fellas, that's kind of all I've got to talk about until we start seeing some of these wrinkles in the finals. And 
I feel like we're about to, it's going to be educational. We're going to learn something about someone. That's for damn sure. Give us a healthy Giannis, please. Come on. Give us a healthy everyone. I don't, I don't want anyone going down in this I know. series. Obviously, it goes without saying, but with this series, if this series doesn't have Giannis in it, it's just like... Yeah, that's, that's definitely a shame. Yeah. But hopefully, it's just the one game, and we'll be seeing him fully fit from then on. Until then, you've been tuning to Backdoor Cut. My name is Josh DiMatteo, here as always with Jake Eisenberg and Matt Beatty. We'll be back next week for a touch into the finals. I think there'll be two or three games played by then. So we, we could be looking at the middle of a hectic series. We could be looking at the face of a wash. We will see. Until then, though, peace.